Hey everyone, Kira Davis here. If you're like me, you're always looking for new ways to be healthier, be more fit. Well, eating better is easier than ever with Factors delicious ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh, never frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian approved, and ready to go in just two minutes. You'll have over 35 different options to choose from every week, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Also, there's more than 60 add-ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. You've got your two-minute meals. You can fuel up fast with Factors restaurant-quality meals. They're ready to heat and eat whenever you are. You've got pancakes, smoothies, and a lot more than that. Discover a wide variety of easy options for the entire day, like breakfast, midday bites, and more. No prep, no mess. Factor meals are ready to heat and eat, so there's no prepping, cooking, or cleanup needed. I like this part a lot. Factor is flexible for your schedule. You can get as much or as little as you need by choosing your meals every week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries at any time. My husband and I travel a lot for work, and some weeks we need more meals than others. So that is a huge plus. Factor is the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, premium options with no cooking required. <laughs> I'm raising my hand. I'm not a very good cook, so I love that. Sign up and save. We've done the math. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. And y'all, don't we all want to save more money these days? Don't we all need to save more money these days so you can save money and eat right? What's not to love here? Well, check this out. If you go over to factormeals.com slash JLTY50 and you use code JLTY50, you'll get 50% off. Talk about saving money. So factor, F-A-C-T-O-R, factormeals.com slash J-L-T-Y 50 and use my code, my code, J-L-T-Y 50 and you'll get 50% off. That's code J-L-T-Y 50 at factormeals.com to get 50% off. Eating better has never been easier. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is the FCB Radio Network, home of the best personalities and where real talk lives. Online at FCBradio.com. FCB. I pray the Lord, my soul today, that we won't stay, that we won't stay. All we got is us, no one can take that away. Yeah. So don't stay, it's gonna be okay. I pray the Lord, my soul today, that we won't stay, then we won't stay. All we got is us, no one can take that away. So don't stay, it's gonna be okay. Hey, everybody, welcome back to another episode of Just Listen to Yourself with Kira Davis. This is the podcast where we take hot topics, hot button issues, and we discuss the talking points on those issues and we, you fill in the rest. <laughs> we draw them out all the way to their logical conclusion. So I was feeling really discouraged this week for a lot of reasons. And, um, and so I didn't really have a subject planned for today. I thought I did, but it just wasn't inspiring enough. To, I didn't think I would do it justice and it just wasn't hitting me. But I did find a story this week that I can't stop thinking about. And it prompted a tweet and the responses to that tweet, I can't stop thinking about. And so maybe this is God telling me that this is what we need to talk about this week. So forgive the departure from the typical formula. I mean, this is not the first time this has happened, but this is on my mind and I want to talk about it. And so maybe this is something that's been on your mind too, or maybe it's something you need to hear. And if not, well, just fast forward through this and, you know, catch us on the next one, I guess. But I read this article this week, I guess I'll, I'll start at the start. That's where I like to start. Let's start at the start. I read this article this week. You've probably seen it going around. Here's a report. A drought in Texas has dried up a river flowing through Dinosaur Valley State Park, exposing tracks from giant reptiles that lived some 113 million years ago. 
Photos posted on Facebook show three-toed footprints leading down a dry, tree-lined riverbed in the southern U.S. state. It is one of the longest dinosaur trackways in the world, a caption accompanying the image says. Stephanie Salinas Garcias of the Texas Parks and Wildlife Department said dry weather made the tracks visible. Due to the excessive drought conditions this past summer, the river dried up completely in most locations, allowing for more tracks to be uncovered here in the park. Most of the recently revealed tracks were made by... Okay, guys. I'm just a podcast host. I'm not a paleontologist. Here I go. They were made by Acrocanthosaurus, which weighed nearly seven tons as an adult and stood 4.5 meters tall. I'm always, am- I'm always amazed... <laughs> at the details we fill in about dinosaurs like I wonder when, if, when we finally get to the end we get to judgment day and we get to see like how this all really went down it's going to be fun to see how close we were I, I definitely know you can tell a lot from like skeletal remains and footprint sizes and you know weight distribution all of that but we also draw pictures of these things and we're, we're like guessing a lot but then again, we do that with, you know, facial reconstruction, when you age a child who's gone missing and you age them up, uh, or, you know, when somebody is, when like a body's been found, but it's too disintegrated to identify. And so they do facial reconstruction. I've seen some pretty dead on, you know, that's maybe a poor choice of words, some pretty accurate renderings uh, that are... that seem like guesses, you know? So not to say they can't do it, but I always think about that when I hear like, oh, it was this and then it was that. Like, we don't have any pictures. We have some things to go off of. And so I'm just tickled by the idea that we might have a lot right and some wrong and I can't wait to find out what we got wrong. We'll be laughing at ourselves. Anyways, another dinosaur, here we go. Sauroposidon, Sauroposidon, also left tracks in the park. It measured more than 18 meters tall and weighed 44 tons in adulthood. The state park located in an inland area southwest of the city of Dallas was once on the edge of an ancient ocean and dinosaurs left footprints in the mud. While drought revealed the tracks, rain is in the forecast, meaning they'll likely be covered once again. While they will soon be buried again by the rain and the river, Dinosaur Valley State Park will continue to protect these 113 million year old tracks, not only for the present, but for future generations, Miss Garcia said. The picture's quite impressive. I mean, it's it's quite crazy that these things can be preserved for so long, like the earth is literally a canvas. It's amazing. Anyway, that's not really what struck me about this. What struck me about it was that, well, I live in Southern California and uh, we have we have uh, fire season and drought season. It gets really hot here because most of California is a desert. And so I know it's hard for people to believe, but the desert has droughts. <laughs> but we're treated to hysterical caterwauling over climate change and whatever you want to call it, climate change, global warming, whatever you want to call it. We're just every year. I mean, our governor announced yesterday or the day before that we're going to be ending all diesel car engines, all gas powered cars by 2035, which by the way, let me just take a detour for a second and talk about that. I'm sorry. It's not going to happen. We're talking about a little over 10 years away. Can you in 10 years for one state to be to outlaw, you would lose the entire population of California. The governor doesn't think that in 10 years, we're really getting rid of gas cars. The government thinks in 10 years, he's going to be gone. He's either going to be the current president of the United States or the ex or the former president of the United States. That's where Gavin Newsom plans to be in 10 years. So he's not gonna have to deal with the consequences of the like, they'll do what they do with every other green energy plan in the state, they'll delay it. They'll just, they'll get to 2035 and then they'll say, oh, we're not ready. I mean, think about it. It's one thing to be like, hey, all the tech bros in the Bay Area, we're going to outlaw your gas car by 2035. Great. I'll buy myself a a high end Tesla for $150,000. I'll be fine. But most of the state, the majority of the state live below the the poverty level according to California standards and we're talking about immigrants 
who are man do manual labor jobs, who work in the fast food restaurants, landscapers, house cleaners, like people who do in who do the work, the heavy lifting in the in the service industry, are those people all by 2035 going to get an electric car? No. I it's ridiculous. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. But we should be roundly mocking it and everyone should remember how adamant the green energy activists are that this is a, a leap forward so that when we get to 2035, bookmark this podcast, so we get, get to 2035 and whoever's in charge of California at that time says, oh, we're delaying this or or outright repealing it if we should be so lucky. Remember what I said. I mean, there's just a lot of people who just get up and leave the state if you, they can't drive a gas powered car. So I don't, anyways, big sidebar. We have these energy and climate discussions all the time and people act like certain people act like we're just on the brink of disaster in states like California and Texas because we're having droughts but droughts are regular they happen regularly in southern states particularly in states that house deserts like California it's not an unusual occurrence occurrence in fact if if we didn't have droughts, that would be unnatural. Like it would, it's very unnatural when we have rainy seasons in Southern California. We had one, like I think the last big drought I remember, and some of you might remember this, and and you can let me know. But some of you might remember we had a drought, and it might have been about ten years ago, maybe like eight to ten years ago. Another big major drought where all our reservoirs were on their last legs and people were sharing stories about like the the levels. I went up to Lake Shaver in the mountains and you could see, you could see, I mean we're talking like meters, three, four meters of of just dried up shore, you know, where the water had receded. You could see it. It was it was visible. And people were saying, we're, we really were running out of water. California is going to run out of water. What happens when the state runs out of water? And I remember saying at the time, first of all, the state's not going to, quote, run out of water. We have water. Like Las Vegas is in the middle of the desert. Phoenix is in the middle of the desert. But they never run out of water because they get their water from the Colorado River, which is where we get a lot of our water. And we also get our water from the from the mountain runoffs. And there's snow and rain in the mountains, even if there's not in the desert. So first of all, I was saying that's not going to happen. Second of all, are, do you think that the people in power who, who love being in charge of a state of 40 million people, a state that represents a, a, a huge portion of the economy, do you think that they're going to let that state suddenly collapse and just let 40 million people flow out of the state because we can't because we don't have water? Do you think they're going to let that happen? All those tax dollars, all that power? No, they're going to find a way to get water to people. So they'll stay. So I was never worried about the drought. But the other thing I said is that, look, we're going to have a, ra a rainy season. We'll have a rainy season and everyone's going to freak out over the rainy season. And we're going to forget that we were freaking out over the drought. And that's exactly what happened. I read article after article about Lake Shaver, which is up in the mountains and, and provides a lot of water for... Uh, various areas in the states and it's a beautiful place if, if you ever get a chance to go and uh, hang out there great camping but uh, I read article after article about Lake Shaver will take 10 to 20 years to refill to its previous levels because of that historic drought and it took exactly two years two seasons it was two seasons later we had a very heavy uh, rainfall season unusually heavy and the lake the water was replaced and as a matter of fact we had too much water and then we started having landslides and then of course they're like this is global warming you know no that's the cycle of nature and it doesn't change because we use too much hairspray I think this is a I didn't mean for this to turn into a episode about the climate I did do a fossil fuels episode if you want to go uh look at that one I am for green energy I just think the green energy that works is different than the green energy cults think you know like we we really do need more nuclear plants that's clean energy it's very efficient a lot safer these days uh and of course and more natural gas which is also green energy but ugh, anyway maybe i should do a show that digs deeper into the green energy cabal because there is a whole i mean it's always follow the money people i always get so tickled by like my mom's generation the boomers like they're they're 
most of them are like Greenpeace hippies, right? And they're proud of it. Like my mom's super proud of it. And I'm proud of her because she always stands by her convictions. And she always raised me to care for the earth. We care for the earth for different reasons. She's not a Christian. I believe the earth is a gift and we should be stewards of it. But but she's anyway, she's always been very passionate about it. And but when you suggest that there could be corruption in the green energy business, that's like a no-go. Like they just can't believe it. <laughs> um, maybe we'll do a show on that. Anyways, to get back to what I was saying, I was thinking about how we're always freaking out over the drought situation here in this part of the country. And we're always treated to these hysterical articles about how this is the end. We've got 10 years, 18 months. I don't know, whatever you want to say. I mean, they change it all the time to save the earth, to save our climate. And somehow it always boils down to if the United States doesn't change, the earth is, is gone, right? It's like nobody else is on the hook for this. It's just us. As if we could change the climate just by making people buy less plastic straws in America. But I saw this article about the dinosaur tracks that appeared during the drought. And I saw pictures of people studying the tracks, looking at the tracks. And the tracks themselves are, I would love to go see them actually. They are quite stunning. It is because it is obviously something that you've never seen. You know, it's one thing if you see like some tracks and it's like, okay, this looks like some bear tracks or something. But these are obviously tracks of an animal that you've never seen and will never see. And that must have been really spectacular. They're so clear. It just got me to thinking about how much now I took the long way, the long, long way to get here. I hope you're still here with me. (laughs) And I hope you're not disappointed by the reveal of my thought process here. (laughs) Here it goes, I guess. This is my show. I'll do what I want, I guess. It got me to thinking how often we lament the droughts in our lives. How often we cry and wail and worry and, and bury ourselves under fear and overwhelm ourselves with doom and gloom. And the situation in front of us seems so dry. Nothing is growing. And worse, things seem like they're just dying, just dying away. And you're you're watching your sustenance, your life's waters just recede in front of you and you can't do anything about it. Sometimes life throws us those situations, right? where we feel like we're in a drought, whether it's a professional drought or in our marriages, or maybe we're in a a drought where we feel like we don't have any friends or family around us to support us, or maybe it's financial. There's all kinds of different droughts in our lives. But sometimes if we're patient and if we're not too busy looking up to the sky and screaming at God for putting us through this drought, Sometimes when we look down, we might see things that the receding waters reveal that are amazing and spectacular. Like there's some other plan out there and other amazing things to be seen that were hidden to your eyes because you were provided for, because your lakes and rivers were full and overflowing and you didn't have to think about the drought. And you didn't know that underneath those raging waters was a whole other universe, a whole other world, a whole other life. That's what I keep thinking about when I see the pictures of these dinosaur footprints. It's important to know that um, the park, I don't know if it's important to know, but this is a note. (laughs) The park knew that these tracks were there. They've always been there. Obviously, 113 million years, they've always been there. But obviously, they can't control or they won't control you know, the way the rivers ebb and flow. So mostly these tracks are covered up, but they did know they were there. But now we know they're there. Now they've been uncovered for all of us to see. And just there are times in our lives where I feel like where things are being pruned back. 
Hey everyone, Kira Davis here. If you're like me, you're always looking for new ways to be healthier, be more fit. Well, eating better is easier than ever with Factors delicious ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh, never frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian approved, and ready to go in just two minutes. You'll have over 35 different options to choose from every week, including calorie smart, protein plus, and keto. Also, There's more than 60 add-ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. You've got your two-minute meals. You can fuel up fast with Factors restaurant-quality meals. They're ready to heat and eat whenever you are. You've got pancakes, smoothies, and a lot more than that. Discover a wide variety of easy options for the entire day, like breakfast, midday bites, and more. No prep, no mess. Factor meals are ready to heat and eat, so there's no prepping, cooking, or cleanup needed. I like this part a lot. Factor is flexible for your schedule. You can get as much or as little as you need by choosing your meals every week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries at any time. My husband and I travel a lot for work, and some weeks we need more meals than others. So that is a huge plus. Factor is the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, premium options with no cooking required. (laughs) I'm raising my hand. I'm not a very good cook, so I love that. Sign up and save. We've done the math. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. And y'all, don't we all want to save more money these days? Don't we all need to save more money these days so you can save money and eat right? What's not to love here? Well, check this out. If you go over to factormeals.com slash JLTY50 and you use code JLTY50, you'll get 50% off talk about saving money. So factor, F-A-C-T-O-R, factormeals.com slash J-L-T-Y 50 and use my code, my code, J-L-T-Y 50 and you'll get 50% off. That's code J-L-T-Y 50 at factormeals.com to get 50% off. Eating better has never been easier. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is Darvio Kingpin Morrow co-host of the Outlaws Radio Show. And if you haven't heard our show before, check out this clip. J.D. Vance, one of the things I think we have to do on the Republican side, because we've got the white working class, and I think we've got them solid, is start to attract you know the black and I guess now the Latino working class into our coalition, because I think if we do that and we serve those voters well, I mean, we could, we could become the majority party in this country for a generation if we actually see the opportunity. And you know, what I tell a lot of my friends you know, we're a little older than I am. I'm 37 years old. A lot of them say, well, you know, we really want to get back to country club set in the Republican Party. And I say, look, at the end of the day, like, we're going to be a stronger party if we accept that the country club set maybe is never coming back, but we acquire some of those black and Hispanic working class voters into our coalition. Like, let the country club set go, you know, let them use their preferred pronouns and, and, and obsess about uh, racial <laughs> issues and gender issues because they're all crazy. And, and I, I think that this is something that, that actually unites a lot of working class white and black folks is we just want to live in a country where we don't have to obsessively worry about everything that we say. Subscribe to the Outlaws Radio Show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's O-U-T-L-A-W-S, the Outlaws Radio Show and FCB Radio Podcast. Uh, there is a verse. John 15 too. I went and looked it up. There are others, but this is uh, one that speaks to me a lot. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes it so that it may bear more fruit. You know, those of you who are into gardening and that type of thing, you know that you have to prune back your, your plants, your bushes, your flowers. You prune them back. Why? Because... It gives the 
the the plant a chance to grow in a healthy way i mean we have we live i as you guys know i live in southern california and it's a unique living situation here it's very condensed living everybody is very crammed into a small amount of space our houses are very close together and in in the suburbs and so if you want to have trees one of the things you have to have is an active landscaping crew so landscaping crew comes around once a year and they do tree trimming in every neighborhood and they prune back the trees now they don't kill the trees they don't remove the trees they don't put younger trees in there that are smaller they prune the branches back and it does a couple of things. It allows new growth in a healthy manner. It shapes the direction that the tree grows in. So if you don't want the tree's branches to be shooting through a person's bedroom window, you know, you have to sort of guide the branch growth. So you trim the branches in the directions that they don't, that you don't want them to go. And the other thing it does is that it keeps the roots from, from spreading as the branches spread. So you give the tree basically more space to grow up than instead of like into the ground and digging up, you know, it pushes up the sidewalks and messes with stuff like that it's a very it's actually a there's actually a lot of planning involved in um you know tree planting in suburban neighborhoods it's actually well well, i'm maybe i'm the only nerd that finds it fascinating but there's a lot to it you have a lot of considerations to make but we do that you do that with your uh, in the the bible i was looking up the 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 verse on pruning and a lot came up because there's a lot in the bible about pruning your vineyard right pruning back the 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 flowers of the of the grapevines and you prune back your flowers so that it can encourage new growth. There are times of pruning in our lives that feel painful, that feel like a drought, that feel like everything's drying up, but it might reveal this amazing new growth or these amazing new things underneath. I was thinking back to how I got into this business in the first place. And I, it was funny, I was, I was having a text conversation with some local moms and they saw me on the Babylon Bee. You guys probably saw me on that spelling bee sketch. It's been wildly popular and I get a lot of messages about that. And they saw me on that. So they were texting me. They were like, oh my gosh, who knew you were an actress? Well, actually I am an actress. I'm a retired actress, but that's how I, that's what I went to school for. I have a degree in theater. I was a commercial and theater actress for years after college. And I quit to raise a family. And I just didn't think I could, when we, especially living here in Orange County, I knew I couldn't raise a family and keep hitting the audition circuit in LA every day. It's brutal. It's a hustle. And I just knew I, I couldn't do it. I had to choose one. And for obvious reasons, I chose my family. But for me, I wasn't a competent enough stay-at-home mother to really be enjoying it. And I, I mean, I've been very open about this before. And so uh, I have friends who are stay-at-home moms and I'm like, wow, they are, it's not just that they enjoy it, it, but it's, they enjoy it because they're really good at it, you know, and I just wasn't that great at it. And so I wasn't enjoying it. I felt I needed another outlet. I wasn't going to quit. And I, by the way, I never quit. I'm still, I'm still a stay-at-home mom. I still consider myself a stay-at-home mom. Like I'm there to pick up the kids after school. I, you know, get, get the lunches together. I go to the doctor's appointment. I do the shopping. Like I'm still a stay at home mother, even though I have a full-time job, several full-time jobs actually. (laughs) And, uh, I didn't quit, but I knew I needed something else. So I, I literally sat down. This is an exercise that I did with myself and, and maybe you'll get something from this. I literally sat down with a piece of paper and I just started writing down things I liked. I'm like, what do I like to do? What are things that I like? I like, you know, pizza. I, I like, I literally put everything, every dumb thing. I like talking. I like um, Star Trek. I like uh, sci-fi, I, you know, all of that stuff. And I like to write. And so when I started pondering all the things I liked, I said to myself, well, if I could just snap my fingers and do anything, what would I do? Well, I wonder if I could get paid to tell people what I think about things. And so that I just set myself on the course to do that. And it was tough. And there were many droughts. And I am going through a drought right now. <laughs> I mean, the droughts come and go in this business, especially, but also just when you're an independent contractor, that's just the way of it. 
the way of things. Uh, But I worked hard and I hustled and I have this job that is stressful, but it's amazing. And it's brought me so many amazing experiences. It's brought me some of the best friends that I'll ever have. It's taken me to places that I never could have imagined that I would go. And I've been able to do things I never would have imagined that I could do. This job has been really a blessing in so many ways. And I wouldn't have it if I hadn't had to give up the job I trained for and the one I really wanted. And the one I still think about, I still think about going back to, I've been doing work with the Babylon Bee and that's been fun. And I don't know, maybe someday I, I do, maybe as an older actress, I'll go back, maybe get those grandma roles or something. Um, but I wouldn't be doing this if I didn't have that drought and those those months and years of doubt. I mean, it really was years really where I was just, I was also undiagnosed, suffering undiagnosed depression, and I didn't know that. So that wasn't helping. But <laughs> I just also had no direction and felt lost and felt purposeless. You know, I felt like my husband, he's amazing. He has... The, a job to go to he knows he goes to job you know job starts at nine he's off at five he's home by x x time he gets paid this amount every week he pays our bills he has the satisfaction of coming in the door at the end of the day and the kids run to him and daddy daddy and they're so happy to see them like kids are never that happy to see me but they're so happy to see him he his he has his purpose structured there are check marks for his purpose. He spends this time amount, this time with the family, goes to church on these days, <laughs> um, makes X amount of money and pays these bills. It's very tangible. But when you're a stay-at-home mom, you don't have the satisfaction of those tangible results. All you're, you're just knee-deep in tantrums and diapers and puke and whatever that sticky thing substance on the floor is. You know, <laughs> you're just knee-deep in it every day. And um, there's no one to say thank you. There's no, mostly people just yell at you. Your bosses are real jerks at that time in your life. This is really hard to feel a sense of satisfaction. I found, I think that the women I know who are better at it find that satisfaction because they can cook and they can make things. And um, that's a big part of being a stay at home mom. If I had any advice for a woman who wants to be a stay at home mom someday, like learn to cook a meal for your family and learn how to make things. I didn't have any of those skills coming into my marriage. And that's a deep regret to this day. I mean, we worked through it. It's not like it was a game changer or like it wasn't a deal breaker, but it would be better. Um, This feels like a rambling podcast today. And I'm really sorry for it if it's just not what you expected but it's all I have to give because especially since this has been on my mind and I'm actually too weak right now to um ignore (laughs) those pressing things in my brain that are like come on come on come on so sometimes that part in your life where everything seems to be drying up is just the waters pulling back so that it can reveal something really amazing in your life. So I posed the question on Twitter. I totally just like was feeling low and wanted some encouraging stories, not even thinking I was going to make a podcast out of it. But I posed this question on Twitter. Do you have a story about something that you didn't want to happen in your life that ultimately ended up leading to something pretty great? I like those kinds of stories. Basically, what was the disappointment that you had in your life that turned into something amazing? I got so many incredible responses and I wanted to read you some. Maybe some of you need this encouragement. And I know for me, I felt it encouraging. And when I sat down to record today thinking, I don't really have anything intelligent to say (laughs) this week. Maybe this week we just let we, we just let Twitter Believe it or not, Twitter give us some intelligent things to say. And maybe one of you out there is needing to hear some of this. Maybe someone out there, this might be a boring episode to to a lot of you, but perhaps one of you or two of you needed this. Here's somebody named Angie who said, I ended a five-year relationship even though I didn't really want to. It was toxic and friends were pressuring me to end it. Eight months later, I went on my first date with my now husband. 
I also got turned down for a job, but got a better one closer to home. She says there's lots of stuff like that. Here's one from Melissa. I like, I love these ones. These ones are cute. My BFF dragged my exhausted, overworked self to a party that I did not want to go to. You owe me, I said. And then I met the tall drink of water who would become my husband and we're celebrating 20 years in two weeks. Congratulations, Melissa. <laughs> you know what? That is my, I, I probably said this on the show before. But I know I seem really confident and extroverted. And I'm definitely, I would say I'm definitely an extrovert in the in the respect that I, you know, I, I get energized being in crowds, I get energized around people, but I'm more of an introvert than people think. I think most extroverts are actually, I don't, I don't even I, I did a whole didn't I do an episode on introvert extrovert? thing maybe I did but I have pet peeves with the whole introvert crowd that like the memes and the quizzes and the I'm an introvert here's something you need to understand about me why do I have to understand anything about you just because you're an introvert you're not special because you're an introvert and some of you aren't introverts some of you are just rude you just can't be bothered with the small talk I think I had I think I did this on the small talk episode but um I think most extroverts as so insofar as we use those two terms to describe what are just regular personalities traits. I think most extroverts are introvert extrovert, meaning we get energized in large crowds, but then we need our time alone. We need our space. And I really don't like going out. I don't. I don't like going out. I, I hate the process of getting ready to go out. I, I'm very much like introverts in that respect. I hate making plans because what if I feel differently on that day? I've learned to work around that. I've learned to work through it. I, it's my instinct to say no to everything. But I, I, it's my policy to say yes to almost everything because I mean, definitely within reason, <laughs> but because I, I don't like to say no to adventure, but you don't know what's going to be an adventure. So you have to say yes to the experiences that you maybe don't want to. So that party you don't want to go to that event you don't want to go to, you know, if you can just push past yourself for the 15, 20 minutes it takes to get ready and to get your butt in that car you know and and turn on the engine and once you get on the road you're on the road a lot of times most of the time I think you end up having incredible experiences at least you you end up having something that could be a party story and as somebody who is an extrovert you know I collect party stories stories I can tell at parties <laughs> and on my podcast and you can't have those unless you have experiences and you can't have experiences if you don't do anything and so I'm like this lady like I just am always thinking if I say no to this invitation I don't know who's going to be there that I wish I would have seen that I should have known um, I don't know what kind of experience that I could have had I've had so many events that I didn't want to go to where I met people who made pivotal who have become pivotal people in my career but it's just events that I didn't want to go to that I didn't want to shell out money for that first blogger conference I went to many, many years ago. It was a training conference. It was held by one of Glenn Beck's organizations. And I, I did, we were living not even paycheck to paycheck. And I just told my husband, I think I need to go. I, we put money, you know, we got a credit card. We put a, we put a plane ticket on a credit card. I stayed with a friend. It was in Denver. I stayed with a friend in Denver and I went to this thing and you know, and it launched my career showing up there. I met people who then became the people that I got jobs from and work from. So I say all that to say like, Melissa, I feel you. I just think there are a lot of people who are saying no to very mediocre, what, what they think are going to be very mediocre opportunities or events because you're too tired or you just, you don't have it to give or you need some space, you need some time alone. And you might be also saying no to somebody who's going to be very significant in your life. Somebody named D Moore on Twitter says, I was a marathon runner until injuries wouldn't allow me to keep it up. With my extra time, I started studying for the CPA exam and I became a new CPA at the age of 51. See that drought right there. Her body could not continue in the direction she wanted to continue in. It just couldn't. And I'm sure that was a painful realization, especially when you're a runner, because that is like asking someone to give up. If, if you're a regular running runner, asking someone to give up running like that is like asking someone to give up alcohol or cigarettes. It, it's it is like an addiction because there is a 
you know, certain chemicals that your body's producing when you're working out at this level. That's no small thing to, to have to give up marathon running. And so I can imagine that there was a, there was a time where it did feel like this drought would never end, but look at the tracks that were underneath once the waters receded. Here's somebody uh, who I'm going to say this is a facetious comment. (laughs) Somebody says divorce. I love my new family. (laughs) Okay, (laughs) I'm going to hope that's a joke. (laughs) Here's one gentleman who says my old boss backed out of a promise to make me partner. So I left and started my own firm, even though I had a wife at home with a five year old, a four year old and a six month old. I struggled the first two years, but now my six-person firm is doing well, and I wouldn't trade it for five times the salary. Well, there you go. Yeah, and that is scary. That is very scary um, to to imagine departing that comfort level. At least, you know, yeah, that boss broke the promise, but at least you have that steady paycheck, and with those small children at home, that doesn't, it's not just about the gutsy move of that young man but his wife to allow him to do that. Also, his wife, you know, because the wife has to say, okay, we will, we'll go without, we'll, we'll prune back the branches at home. (laughs) And thankfully, it worked out for them. But again, those, those, that drought, those receding waters, you know, the, the, when times were good for that, for his family, you know, it covered up the potential, it covered up his potential in a way, and he couldn't see that potential until the waters beneath him dried up. So I love that. Hey, everyone, Kira Davis here. If you're like me, you're always looking for new ways to be healthier, be more fit. Well, eating better is easier than ever with Factors Delicious ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian approved and ready to go in just two minutes. You'll have over 35 different options to choose from every week, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Also, there's more than 60 add-ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. You've got your two-minute meals. You can fuel up fast with Factors restaurant-quality meals. They're ready to heat and eat whenever you are. You've got pancakes, smoothies, and a lot more than that. Discover a wide variety of easy options for the entire day, like breakfast, midday bites, and more. No prep no mess. Factor meals are ready to heat and eat, so there's no prepping, cooking, or cleanup needed. I like this part a lot. Factor is flexible for your schedule. You can get as much or as little as you need by choosing your meals every week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries at any time. My husband and I travel a lot for work, and some weeks we need more meals than others, so that is a huge plus. Factor is the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, premium options with no cooking required. (laughs) I'm raising my hand. I'm not a very good cook, so I love that. Sign up and save. We've done the math. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. And y'all, don't we all want to save more money these days? Don't we all need to save more money these days so you can save money and eat right? What's not to love here? Well, check this out. If you go over to factormeals.com slash JLTY50 and you use code JLTY50, you'll get 50% off talk about saving money. So factor, F-A-C-T-O-R, factormeals.com slash J-L-T-Y 50 and use my code, my code, J-L-T-Y 50 and you'll get 50% off. That's code J-L-T-Y 50 at factormeals.com to get 50% off. Eating better has never been easier. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
This is Darvio Kingpin Morrow, CEO of the FCB Radio Network and producer of this show, Just Listen to Yourself with Kira Davis. To the subscribers of this incredible show, first of all, thank you. Second, I want you to add another show to your podcast rotation, my show. The Outlaws Radio Show. We are an entertaining and informative show that talks about everything from pop culture to politics. Nothing's off limits. My co-host Robin O'Malley brings you the latest news and gossip in the entertainment world on our segment, Tea Time with Roe. My other co-host, Dante Bry, rants on political issues in our segment, Dante's Hot Takes. And also, we bring you some of the best interviews with people in the worlds of politics, entertainment, culture, and more. We're a lighthearted show that doesn't judge you for the way you vote, and we don't spend our time shoving media narratives down people's throats. If that sounds like the show for you, subscribe to the Outlaws Radio Show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's O-U-T-L-A-W-S, the Outlaws Radio Show. (laughs) I like this story from someone who calls herself Tina. She says, in my late teens, I was in a band and got jumped by a jealous girl. The, quote, new guy stood by me and he defended me against the BS that flew around. I left the band and kept the guy. We've been together for 30 years. By the way, all the other bandmates are now divorced. (laughs) And someone responded, the reunion tour is going to be lit. (laughs) Yeah, that is so funny. Mrs. Gore says it's not typical because I can see her picture. This is not typical. She says I and and you'll see why uh, I didn't want to marry a pastor. And then I married the best, most cutest one ever. And now I'm pregnant with his seventh child. Oh, I love it. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I said I didn't want to be a mother. And, um, you know, now I have two kids. And I'm so into being a mother that I'm running for my daughter's school born. <laughs> okay, let's move on. We have a couple more really cool ones. Here, I like this one. Someone named Molly says, I lost everything I owned in Hurricane Katrina. My house, my job, my entire town. I never thought I'd recover. Then I met my future husband in the town I evacuated to. I got a better job and a much nicer house. And it ended up being the best thing that ever happened to me. I mean, wow, that's like, that is, that's it. That's nail on the head right now. That's exactly what I'm talking about. Just this, I like that. You don't get much more of a drought than that. Or or perhaps a better analogy here. She got drowned out. (laughs) You know, I mean, just to to lose everything, everything gone. And how do you have a positive outlook on that? I mean, the Bible, I'm not a pastor and this isn't a church show, but let's take it to church for a minute here. The Bible does tell you these things, folks. These aren't new revelations. I'm not this wise. This is all biblical. And the Bible tells us that the Bible is filled with stories. I mean, look at the story of Job. Look at Paul. Look at look at all of the people, Daniel and Joseph, all of the people who had all of their privilege stripped from them at some point. David, King David. I mean, it's just story after story. It's the same story, even the story of Jesus, really. All had all of their privilege stripped from them, treated horribly, lost everything, seemingly nothing to look forward to, and yet crowned in the end. You know, Paul is the father of the modern church, and King David was one of the greatest kings in history. And part of the line of Jesus, of course, and one of the greatest leaders in history and also a terrible person. And Job's story is a story that we tell over and over again in both Christian society and secular society. I mean, the Bible is filled with these stories of being stripped to nothing and then built back up to in a, an amazing place that you never would have chosen for yourself. If you didn't weren't forced into that decision, and I'm not saying God makes the bad things happen. I actually don't really believe that. Maybe that's a different show. I'm not saying like God delivers you these these experiences, but we do know, and this is another biblical thing, that God does use everything for his glory, for his purpose. And so even in we live in a sinful fallen earth where bad things happen, like not just murders and things like that, but like hurricanes and earthquakes, bad things happen. And yet God can take 
the ashes of those situations and turn them into something new, turn them into crowns. So I love that story about the Hurricane Katrina. I know it's not like that for everyone, but I believe that it can be if we're willing to like dig in and maybe if we're willing to just like sit down on that dry riverbed for a minute or two, we might see some footprints start to emerge. I did get a a response from a former NFL player, Chris Mano. I guess he played for Kansas. That's what it looks like his um, picture. He was number 17. I did get a, um, a retweet from him and a story from him. He said that, he says this, I fractured my tibia and was released from my NFL contract. I was heartbroken as I went home. For years, I couldn't understand why me. My father passed a year later. And I'd have missed the last 12 months with him had it not happened. Now, Wiser, I cherish every minute of that year with him. Oh, that uh, chokes you up. I mean, anybody who has ever been involved in sports, pro- uh, professional sports or organized sports of some kind, like school sports, or as kids in them, you know how much time and effort it takes Um, what you put your body through, the sacrifices you make, you know, the parties you don't go to, the drinks you don't have, you know, the desserts you don't pick up, the relationships you don't start. Like, it, it is a huge sacrifice to get that far. I mean, to get to the NFL, that's every football player's dream. And that's like the, the rare pinnacle. And to get there, and then you know, have something like that. I can't imagine how devastating it is, especially I don't know this guy at all. Like I'm just guessing. So sorry, Chris, if I'm, if I'm describing you wrong, but I'm I'm sure at a certain point, it becomes your identity, right? Like football is your identity. There's a great 30 for 30. I think it's called broke. But it is about professional athletes who blew all their money. And I know now I, I watched it because it sounded salacious, but it was actually really a, a lot more deep than that. And it had a, it's, it's great. If you haven't seen it, go watch it. But one of the things you hear over and over again from the players who earned a lot of money and then lost a lot of money is that they, they said like, have another identity have something else going on in your life at that age you just think that this is oh the money's always going to be there the people are always going to be there that this is this is how your life is going to be and it's that's not true it's really just a short time I mean your body can't even sustain be playing professional sports at that level for a long time it's very rare the man that could do that and so a lot of them were saying look have other things in play get that college degree or or invest in a business like a solid business or do something but have something else that you do and that you want to do after football even if it's coaching if it's like have a plan so I can imagine it just is a lot of your identity and so but I mean look at that None of us, it's cliche, but none of us is going to take any of this to the grave with us. I do not believe for one minute, I don't believe it, that there is a single person who is on their deathbed who says, I wish I had earned more money. Maybe they say like, I wish I could have spent more time with my family and that would have been easier if I had earned more money. But I don't think there's anybody who's, I wish I could have been more famous. So those moments that Chris had with his father, I mean, are literally invaluable. Literally. You just, you can't quantify it. I can remember during the Terry Schiavo case. Remember Terry Schiavo? Some of you might be too young. It was a terrible, terrible, terrible case. Terry Schiavo was a woman who was incapacitated. Um, what, what we would refer to maybe as like basically like a vegetable. She had had a, a stroke or some kind of accident. There's, there, there, it was questionable about even whether the ac- it was an accident or perhaps it was something that her husband had done to her. But she ended up in this semi-vegetative state. She was still alert. She she still was, you know, breathing and functioning on her own, but basically didn't have much brain capacity. Doctors were sure she couldn't really understand things around her, but she wasn't like on a on a life support. But her brain did not work to make the rest of her body function properly. And then they didn't think that she really was even comprehending things at all. She's basically brain dead, but in a living body. 
And uh, she, so she, her body couldn't even chew or swallow. So she had to have a feeding tube. And her husband said, look, uh, I don't want to have to keep supporting her. I want to get married. I want to move on with my life. She's been in this state for like seven years or whatever. I want to remove the feeding tube. And there's a big legal battle over it by her parents. I mean, now it wasn't a life support tube. This, the media made this story sound like she was on life support and they were just going to remove her off life support. It was a feeding tube. So basically when the husband was requesting to remove the feeding tube, he was asking to starve her and dehydrate her to death. She died of dehydration, which is a torturous death. That's the Terry Schiavo case. He won. She died a horrible death. I remember talking with my father-in-law about it and saying to my, saying to him, I don't, understand how anyone could justify this and my father-in-law said sometimes in society we we break down the value of someone's life based on how much it will cost us but we never really think about what value they bring to our lives we never really think about what we're learning from that person maybe we need to take care of terry shivo not because she needs to be taken care of but because we need to learn something by taking care of her and that sounds to me like that's what Chris learned. He had football taken away from him with one fracture. But maybe what he needed to learn was how to take care of somebody, how to revel in every moment, not chasing the next one, but absorbing the one that you're in. What a tough lesson to learn. And again, I'm not suggesting that God like just punished him and brought him this lesson. But what I am saying is that God can use whatever. So it was like a great story. Thank you for sharing that. One guy said something similar. He said, I was going to go on, a, on the road for my job for six to 12 months. And it was a huge financial benefit. The guy just above me in seniority decided late he wanted to go when he had previously expressed no interest. And as it happened, it was the last 10 months I had with my father. Steve Deese, who's actually a, a, a host on Blaze TV, says, I tried like crazy to get a job doing sports talk radio in Detroit early in my career to cover my favorite teams. But the program director at the time, Greg with two G's, <laughs> I feel you, Steve, <laughs> thought that I wasn't any good. Had he thought otherwise, no way I end up doing what I've done for the last 16 years. There you go. Rush Limbaugh has had, oh, had R.I.P. the great Rush Limbaugh, great broadcaster. I know a lot of you have feelings about his politics, but he was, if you're in broadcasting, you can't help but really value uh, what Rush did for the industry. He is an industry, was an industry titan. And that was one of the things he said. He failed early on in broadcasting. He was fired. He did. He got fired from a station in Kansas City, I do believe, early on in his career. They, they, and they told him that he wasn't a talented broadcaster. He didn't understand the quote system. And look, he became one of the, well, the wealthiest broadcaster in history. Here And here's one from my friend. I'm going to end this because I know I'm going long. I thought I wouldn't have enough to pull out a whole show of this, but when will I learn my lesson, folks? I don't know. Jesse Kelly, uh, who is a radio host, he hosts um, I'm Right on the first TV, which is a streaming network. I'm often a guest on his show. Jesse Kelly said, I ran for Congress back in 2010. I lost by 4,000 votes. It took them a week to recount. It was crushing. A week sounds luxurious, Jesse, in a state where uh, it, uh, it takes 30 days to count ballots. <laughs> But anyway, he goes on to say, fast forward to now, you couldn't pay me enough money to quit what I'm doing now and go be in Congress. If you handed me the seat, I'd refuse. Yeah, I guess I'll wrap this up here. If you'd like to share with me your story about a disappointment in your life or a drought in your life that actually led to growth, that led to something really special, drop me a communication. Give me an email, uh, jlty at protonmail.com, jlty. That stands for just listen to yourself at protonmail.com. And let me know. I love to hear these stories. And I was so encouraged. Like even now, I know that um, what's going on with my political endeavors here in my school district, it's overwhelming, but it's only a short time in my life. And it is creating kind of a drought. I mean, everything else is drying up around me while I deal with this one thing. Um. But maybe there's some amazing tracks that are going to show up once that water starts receding, you know, and that's what I'm trying to rest in that 
no matter what, God will use what is happening for his purpose. And his purpose is good because he's good. And that might sound like cold comfort to a lot of people, but it's what I have to lean on. And that story about the dinosaur tracks, that is what I'm leaning on right now. It's it, I can't get it out of my mind. How we're just always complaining about how we're on the brink of death's door. Like we are on the brink of global destruction because you're using too many plastics. And yet what happens when we actually do, instead of raging against the dying lights, you know, raging against mother nature... If we sat down in that riverbed and just focused on the ground that is appearing in front of us, what will we see? Some of you need to stop trying to fill up the buckets to fill the river back up. Some of you need to sit your butts down and just look at the landscape in front of you and see what's there. And that's advice for me as well as for you. All right, I'll leave it there. You guys, uh, please leave a review for the show and a rating if you don't mind. That helps so much. Uh, go to jail, uh, write me at jlty at protonmail.com. Follow me on Twitter at Real Kira Davis. Check out all the other great shows we have here on the FCB Radio Network. Don't forget to check out what producer Darvio is doing. He is uh, doing an amazing series on the aftermath of the Black Lives Matter movement in inner cities like Cleveland. I think he's working on a project out of Atlanta now. So uh, you don't want to miss that. It's fascinating. And I don't know what else to tell you. Go to my Twitter and you can see all of the other things that I'm doing. All right, everybody. Well, thanks for hearing me out. I hope this was of some value to you today. And it wasn't just a total waste of time. But if not, it, it was helpful for me, helpful for me to talk it out. I needed to. I'll catch you next time on Just Listen to Yourself. I pray the Lord, my soul today, that we won't lose faith and we won't lose faith. All we got is us, no one can take that away. Yeah. So don't lose faith, it's gonna be okay. I pray the Lord, my soul today, that we won't lose faith and we won't lose faith. All we got is us, no one can take that away. Yeah. So don't lose faith, it's gonna be okay. The FCB Radio Network, first class broadcasting worldwide. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.